Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 49. Guess what? It's a great big world out there, and you don't have to be scared, because it's all yours for the taking. I know that your dreams are big and bright, and God gave you this life to do crazy things. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, principal from Sky Duke High School and host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week I want to talk about why self-control matters, five benefits or implications for school leaders. If you'd like other free resources for school leaders, you can see them at my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to subscribe for my weekly newsletters, I'll send you an, a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Rules for School Leaders. Or you can check out my book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders at my website or at amazon.com. You know, a few months ago, I enjoyed some special time with my youngest child, Jack. Uh, we have three girls and one boy, and Jack had just turned 11 uh, this last semester. And when his older sisters had reached that age, my wife took each of them away for a special weekend. And now it was his turn to have a fun weekend with his dad. And we chose uh, historic Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that area, but it's a quaint, wonderful place to visit, especially in the fall when the leaves are turning. And in addition to just having fun together um, and eating some great barbecue, uh, one of the purposes of this weekend was for Jack and I to have some great one-on-one conversations and focused time to talk about life and priorities and good choices. You know, in a world that offers our children a menu of options every day, I wanted my son to understand that his choices must be based on something greater than what's convenient or fun in the moment. And so we had some really I thought, good heart-to-hearts over the weekend. So in the midst of our play and our fun and eating, uh, we had some very focused times to just talk. We talked about learning patience. We talked about self-control. We talked about the benefits of self-denial and how they can outweigh the temptations of self-gratification. And as old-fashioned as that may seem, um, it's actually something that I wanted to talk about today in terms of how self-denial, self-control, and patience affects our own school leadership. When, when I talked to Jack about this, um, I actually shared with him an illustration that I had heard in some recent talks uh, from other school leaders, not just school leaders, but leaders in general. Um, Tim Elmore, who's the um, leader of Growing Leaders and the author of Habitudes, I had recently um done a talk where I had seen him show the marshmallow test. And Seth Godin, who does uh, talks and writes for business uh, ideas, he had also shared the same exact illustration. And so I was intrigued by the marshmallow test illustration and had shared that with Jack as an illustration of something that many of you are probably familiar with too. Um, But later I found some deeper explanations of that research that I want to share with you as school leaders in today's podcast. So so bear with me for just a moment because I want to go two directions here. First of all, in Walter Michel's uh, book, The Marshmallow Test, that he had written decades ago, 
decades ago. He had conducted research with children to measure the effects of delaying self-gratification. And he did this um, in a series of secretly videotaped uh, sessions with children where an adult would come into a room and they would promise a child that he or she could earn a marshmallow uh, if the child could resist eating the one that he or she had left on the table for that child. They would leave the child alone in a room, come back minutes later to see if the child could resist the temptation of eating the marshmallow. Well, over and over again, and you can watch the video of of these uh, children, and I'll put a link up with the podcast um, show notes. But over and over again, these children would struggle with the task of not eating what was right in front of their noses. Some of them were more successful than others, but most of them, or many of them, just gave in and would devour it. Now, decades later, uh, researchers that followed these children uh, who had exercised the most self-control found something very interesting, that most of these children were able to wait longer uh, for their preferred rewards, that they actually tended uh, in later life to have better life outcomes uh, as measured by things like SAT scores, educational attainment, body mass index, other life measures, and I'll, I'll link to the source for that as well in the show notes. But a lot of times the conversations on self-denial in, in Walter Michelle's marshmallow test end right there with, look, if you can teach self-denial to a child at an early age, then they will have outcomes in life that are much better. Sometimes that conversation ends by saying, if a ch- child's propensity or their personality tends towards self-control, then later in life they'll have more success too. But this is where Michelle's research often gets confused. And I was listening to... Walter Michelle himself actually talked about his own research in a podcast that I had listened to over Christmas break uh, at the time of this recording. That was just a few weeks ago. In a June 2016 episode of Invisibilia, which NPR puts out, uh, they had an episode called The Personality Myth. And the reporters for that episode were discussing with Walter Michelle the implications of his research because they were asking the same question, which is, does personality predetermine our outcomes in life? And here's what was interesting. This is the second road I want to go down. Um, Because, yes, self-denial is a trait that can affect later choices in our lives. But the second train that Michelle went down, it was in explaining the lessons of his research. He often says that people miss one of his most important points. When looking at children who are asked to delay gratification when presented with marshmallows or in Oreos, because Michelle did those as, as well, he says that the outcomes also pointed to something he calls the power of human flexibility. Now, here's what he means. He explained that when children were given uh, an Oreo, for instance, and then given permission to imagine it as not really there, imagine it like, like a, just as a picture instead of a real treat, then they were actually able to delay gratification more when they practiced pretending. In other words, Michelle was teaching that children who may on the first try have not been able to exhibit self-delay, self-gratification, excuse me, self-denial, as they were taught the practice of imagining or picturing these items as something different from what they were, they could trick their minds into self-denial. In other words, here's the implication. All of us have the ability to reframe situations or incidents so that we can see them from different perspectives. And as common sense as that is, it's a good reminder that, as Michelle explains in his research, no one 
should consider himself or herself captive to his biology or to his or her own experiences. Now, why is this important? Well, I think it's important as leaders for us to, in our own self-reflection, but also as we are coaching and encouraging others to remember that each of us has an amazing capacity for refocusing or reframing or changing the way that we think. We're never too old to keep learning and growing. And if we can change the way that we think, then we can change the way we behave. Now, as common sense as that is, it's also a good reminder that we can actually learn the behaviors that we need for best handling life and challenges and situations. So the good news, the good news is that self-denial or self-control are not inherently connected to your personality. They're actually traits that can be taught and caught. So here's the, the, the next set of questions that I want to ask today. If self-control is something that helps predetermine outcomes later for us, then what are the, those implications for a school leader? What are, the, what are five implications that we can pull from this old-fashioned reminder that self-control is a good thing? So here's, here are five that I just want to share quickly today uh, in today's podcast, and you can um, figure out how these apply uh, in your school settings. But uh, for the sake of time, I just want to run through these quickly and then ask you to think about those applications um, in your own life or in your own school leadership. So here we go. Number one, self-control means not being captive to the urgent, but learning to stay focused on our targets. If you ask an Olympic athlete or a professional performer how they improve, all of them will tell you stories of of self-denial and sacrifice and goal-setting and endurance. So these same things must apply to our leadership initiatives. If you are doing best practices that rely on trustworthy teammates or strategically targeting areas of needed growth, then if you're focused on that, you will see growth and improvement. It's inevitable. But it ultimately requires patience. And part of that patience means not letting the immediate push you to cut corners or forget your goals. And so often I think leaders run the risk of always focusing on the urgent instead of staying focused on their goals. And so maintaining your targets requires lots of self-control so that the urgent doesn't push you away from the important. Yes, we still have to put out fires because that's our jobs as school leaders, but we should not allow that to become our primary responsibility. Number two, self-control means admitting that you're weak. Now, I know that's not popular to think about, and you've probably heard me say things like this before if you've listened to other podcast episodes, but reaching our goals means that we have to constantly identify where we need to grow. And I don't know about you, but I don't like constant reminders that I'm weak or that I need to grow. But sometimes I would rather choose that than not to grow. And so even though we would rather choose um, to avoid painful truths, we, we must practice the self-control of honest self-evaluation. It's a hard practice, but it keeps us grounded in reality and helps us to continue to see improvement. Number three, self-control means saying no to good options so that you can say yes to better ones. Now, it's 2017 at the time of this recording, and I'm going to predict that this year you're going to be asked to do more than you have time to accomplish whether that's receiving requests for meetings or events or conversations, I want you to ask yourself this question. How are these actions 
How are my actions affecting the outcomes that matter most? Now, that may be what matters most to you individually or your family or your school or your organization. But saying, learning to say no requires courage even to good things. It also means limiting your yeses as much as you can to what's essential. Now, that's not always possible, I know, because we're, we're often pulled into situations that are beyond our control. And it doesn't mean being rude, but it does mean learning to set your priorities early so that you can honestly say, I'm sorry, I already have a commitment then. Number four, self-control means acknowledging you need others. Now, I know this sounds a whole lot like number two, that admitting you're weak, but I, I want to reiterate this point by saying that you always can achieve more meaningful results with a team. Working with others, accepting the fact that you don't have all the strength and time and wisdom by yourself, relying on others and watching your effectiveness multiply exponentially produces good outcomes. We call it collaboration. And collaboration accelerates momentum. So self-control means avoiding isolation, not relying on yourself and alone and be in and learning to thrive as a team player it all, it means being a part of a learning culture and it's always more effective than flying solo and number 5 self control means admitting that ultimately it's not about you now as hard as it is to see areas in your school or your organization that are not as effective or productive as they need to be I think it's really important as school leaders that we separate those outcomes from our own self-worth. In other words, take the focus off yourself and put it on other people, not the blame. I, I once heard someone say, don't take too much credit when things are going well, and don't be too hard on yourself when they're not. So at the same time, I believe that if you're investing deeply where you're planted, if you are making deposits in those around you, if you're focused on the good of those with whom you're working, then you're going to see the results that matter. And ultimately, you're going to find yourself improving as a result, not because you're focused on yourself, but because you're focused on other people. So let me wrap this up. You know, my son Jack and I, on our trip to Eureka Springs, uh, enjoyed some uh great barbecue, some great Mexican. We saw some incredible art and architecture in this old town, and we found some great hilltop views of valleys full of fall leaves, and we threw rocks in the lake waters near Beaver Dam. But during this weekend, we also weaved in conversations about some of these old-fashioned qualities that I believe will help make him a successful man someday. Things like staying focused on goals, identifying our weaknesses, learning when to say no, learning to be a part of uh, and teaming with others, uh, learning to invest ourselves in helping other people. All of these efforts, as old-fashioned as they may sound, require self-control. And they're lessons that we not only need to be teaching our children or our students, but they're ones that we need to be thinking about ourselves as we start 2017. So when you keep coming back to these simple lessons, I believe that you can avoid the pitfalls that come from things like easy fixes or cutting corners. And instead, you can enjoy the benefits and the payoff that come from the hard work and the focus and the benefits of a job well done. So as you're looking at your 2017, let me ask you this question. 
Where do you plan to practice self-control so that you're investing in reaching goals that can benefit best benefit those around you? Because as a school leader, what you do every single day is so incredibly important. And as I've said so many weeks in these podcasts, what you do matters. So as you're looking toward this coming year, I just want to encourage you as you think about things like the marshmallow test and the power of human flexibility and your own self-control, lack of it, or the need to grow in it, I just want to encourage you that we're in this together. Uh, And this year, think about those five things. Let me wrap them up one more time. Number one, self-control means not being captive to the urgent, but staying focused on your targets. Number two, self-control means admitting where where you're weak. Number three, self-control means saying no to good options so that you can say yes to better ones. Number four, self-control means acknowledging you need others. And number five, self-control means admitting that it's ultimately not about you. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that you will check out my website for other free resources for school leaders at williamdparker.com. If you've not subscribed for my weekly updates, you can do so there. And I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Rules for School Leaders. Until next week, I hope that you have a fantastic week with your students. And I hope that once again, you remember that what you do every single day for students matters. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. You were made for grace.